Hey, St. John, welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estalia, and with me today is Vicar Allen. Hello, hello. How are you doing today, Vicar? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. So today, we'll be discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. We're now Advent 2, and the theme of these Advent Sundays for the sermons have been these different images of Jesus and his mother, Mary. So can you tell us about the painting that you talked about in your sermon? Yeah, so the painting that was assigned to me for Advent 2 was Madonna and Child, Um, but I had this particular version that was created by Raphael in the 1500s, the early 1500s, and uh, it's a really good illustration of Mary holding a Jesus, and right in the center of it uh, is a book. It's fascinating how time is depicted in the illustration, and especially in the 1500s and uh, so much uh, happening within the church. And so uh, Raphael is putting his input uh, through this painting, uh, which I think is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful painting. Very good. And so you have this painting, but also the text that you preached on is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 21. Can you briefly tell us what that reading is and just the connection with the painting? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, during the season of Advent, we're reading about different passages about uh, Jesus. Uh, last Sunday was uh, Jesus um, walking into Jerusalem. So it was a Palm Sunday reading. And for this one, it's uh, Jesus talking about the end times and how we are to be prepared for all the things that will take place. And so Jesus mentions the heavens, the skies, uh, the earth, um, and many things that are to take place um, in uh, the last days. And so it's it's interesting how these readings are being done uh, during the season of Advent where we're remembering uh, the birth of Christ and how he came into the world uh, for us. So what is the connection of that gospel with this painting of Mary and, and Jesus? So the connection that I made uh, with this painting and the reading is, of course, uh, the coming of Jesus, uh, specifically the second coming. I wanted to focus on that. And in the painting, right in the center of the painting, it it shows Mary holding this book. And inside the pages, it talks about uh, the passion of our Lord, Uh so tell us what those words are that the book says in the painting. So the words on the page uh, have the Latin for the ninth hour. Uh, so for us, that's 3 p.m. And that's uh, signaling to us the passion of our Lord. And uh, that's the hour which uh, Jesus died on the cross. And uh, that's significant because uh, that kind of wraps up the whole painting. It's, it's showing different times how uh, Mary and Jesus are together, the infant baby, and yet he's holding something that will occur in the future. Um, and uh, the past is uh, God's promise uh, that the Messiah will come. Uh, Savior will be born uh, for our forgiveness of sins and to defeat Satan. Um, and so the, the past of God's promise uh, joined with the infant Jesus of the present and the future is the church remembering that passion. And that's tying it up with how we are uh, preparing ourselves, as Jesus talks about in the gospel passage, how the Son of Man will come in the clouds, and we're remembering the second advent uh, to come. And that was one of the big themes of your sermon, was time, right? God's time versus 
how we perceive time, that we have a problem with time, I think is something you said repeatedly in the sermon. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more about this problem of time that you, you identified? And so the painting is talking about the past, present, and future, and uh, Jesus is talking about the future, and the common theme was time. And so I was just kind of brainstorming with Pastor about, you know, what are some of the, the ways that we think about time and how much time affects us? You know, uh, we talk about time in many different ways. It could be about meetings. Uh, it could be about travel. It could be about ourselves and our age. And I, so, so I bring these different pieces of imagery uh, for us to ponder on and just think about how we, what time represents for us. And uh, based off of what we think about time, uh, how is God's time uh, always a part of, part of our daily lives? And uh, the significance of the hour where Jesus died and uh, the unknown about when Jesus is going to come back and uh, how do we, how do we wrestle with and think about these things? You mentioned how we have a limited amount of time here on earth. And I was wondering, just kind of reflecting on that after the sermon, if that might be like just part of that problem that we have with time is just, you know, uh, you mentioned we want to be efficient with our time, be productive, have that lasting impact in realizing that time is not unlimited for us, that it almost reminds us of our mortality too, in a way. Right. So we, we think about time and yeah, uh, the end is coming. Um, uh, death is always there and something uh, we we think about, we actually don't want to think about uh, because we want to get more done uh, with our time. Um, but it's a, a reality that all of us face. And um, along with that, uh, we think about uh, the time where Jesus will come and give us that eternal life or you know, a time where we don't have to think about these things, where we don't have to think about death and mortality. And, uh, you know, all these things will go away. We, we think about God's time and the promises that he's given to us. And uh, such a joyous thing, you know, uh, to have that hope and promise. And that we don't have to worry about these things anymore because according to God's time, um, you know, that's all going to go away. Yeah, I like that. You mentioned that the past, present, and future are held together through the mystery of the cross. And just going back to the the gospel reading too, you said that Jesus will come again according to his gracious time. And just how, like, just that big contrast between our perception of time and then our Lord's perception of time. Like how he, it's kind of, and it's interesting too, because he's like outside of time, but then through the incarnation, he steps into time. Uh, so it's, I don't know, it's just fascinating just to ponder all of that. So when we are struggling here with that, with time, how do you intend to benefit your hearers and their faith or life? So one of my goals uh, through showing the various images uh, was to talk about how we uh, think about time and how restless that we can become uh, when thinking about time. The goal was for all of us to just come back and to think about the the promises that Jesus has given to us, think about God's time, and uh, we have a life uh, promise by God that is beyond uh, this time uh, that we wrestle with. 
And that's how I wanted to build the faith of all of us is uh, just to refocus us into God's time and how it may not be the time that we would like, um, but we know that God does all things at the right time. And that was sort of the refrain that I kept on bringing up uh, at the end of my sermon was um, just the beauty of God's time, God's right time, and uh, what's in store for us according to his right time. Which is a, such a good message for us in this season of Advent where we are reminded that we are still waiting for the Lord's coming, that he still hasn't come. We've gone another year. And that can be that can be tough to to reach that, but to to see that comfort that the Lord's promise will be fulfilled fully when he when he comes again. This is actually a double feature episode because you had your sermon on Sunday, but you also had the privilege of getting to preach again um, on Wednesday, which just happens to be today is the day that we're recording. So tell us about the unsung women that you had in your sermon. As we're continuing with our second week of Advent, the passage that we were looking at were, was Exodus chapter 1 and 2, where we're introduced to these midwives uh, named Shifra and Pua, uh, who helped Hebrew women. So the so Pharaoh had given a decree to to the Israelites that the male babies would have to be killed. That the midwives would have to carry out this decree. Did these midwives follow the Pharaoh's decree? So they're mentioned briefly in the text, but they're associated with this decree. And uh, what's so fascinating is these midwives don't carry out that decree. Um, and t- the text says that uh, they had the fear of God in them. And so uh, instead of carrying out that decree, uh, they are brought in front of Pharaoh and they're questioned, you know, why didn't you do these things? And um, the the reason that they give is um, that these Hebrew women have the child even before they, they reach there. And uh, it's fascinating how the Pharaoh listens to them, and it just accepts that uh, these midwives didn't carry out the decree. Um, and later on, it says that God dealt with them well, and um, they were able to have a family of their own. And then you also, the third unsung wo- woman in your sermon was Pharaoh's daughter, who had compassion on one of the Hebrew babies, who was Moses. Right, so we continue on with chapter two, where we uh, see Pharaoh's daughter, um, bathing in the Nile River, and she sees uh, a basket, um, and she opens it up, and she sees uh, Moses is in the basket, and the text says that she has compassion on the baby. And it's interesting how um, the Pharaoh's daughter also would have known about this decree, and yet um, she has compassion on uh, Moses and gets him out of the, the river and asks for a midwife. Uh, to come and help her in the raising of uh, Moses early on. And then later on, when Moses grew up a little bit, he he was brought into Pharaoh's house. So it's interesting how the decree went out from uh, Pharaoh's house and and a Hebrew child uh, comes into the the same house. So then what was the central teaching of the sermon with these unsung women? Central teaching that I go into is that, um, you know, there are efforts made by Shifra, and Pua and Pharaoh's daughter 
to preserve and keep uh, these babies. Uh, and yet there is a underlying tone of death that surrounds them. And uh, it's interesting to think about, you know, even though they, they stopped that death from coming to them at that time, um, but the reality still stands. Eventually, all people uh, die. And uh, that's one of the challenges that I bring up is that um, just as, uh, you know, they were doing these efforts to preserve and keep life, uh, yet reality stood for them. Um, the Hebrew children passed away, they passed away, and humanity, even today, um, they still die. And uh, it's a difficult thing to talk about for all of us uh, because we've come across this in many different ways in our life. And so um, it does become difficult even to mention uh, about death. And yet uh, that's the beauty uh, of our Lord, that he is that one uh, true son of God that came and experienced that death as well. Uh, he knows the pain and suffering that all of us experience uh, when we experience this death. And in the midst of that, Jesus gives us the hope uh, that death is not the end, uh, but we have the, the hope of the resurrection, the peace of the resurrection, the promise of eternal life. Yeah, I think that is an excellent summary of what of what you preached on uh, today and just the law about how, or you mentioned that death has come to all of us. It came to the midwives. It came to Pharaoh's daughter. It came to Moses. It came to, you know, all these lives that God had preserved. Um, and so you get a little glimpse of God's, you know, saving them. But then, like you said right now, uh, Jesus um, fully takes on death himself uh, so that we don't have to be fearful of it. Um, was there anything about the text that did not make it into the sermon? So there were many different themes that were in the text. Um, Shefra and Pua are surrounded with this theme of the promise uh, of God's family, that God will preserve uh, God's family, um, the promise made to Abraham, uh, that the people uh, will be a great nation. So there's a theme of family uh, that surrounds them. Uh, with Pharaoh's daughter, um, it's just interesting how the child is uh, drawn from uh, the Nile River, and uh, that river had became uh, a river of, of death, um, according to Pharaoh's decree, and yet uh, life uh, came uh, from Moses being drawn out of it. And that's a really good reminder for us uh, about our baptism and how uh, sin and death are, are drowned and we we come out uh, with the with new life with new yeah. life and yeah. uh, I and sorry I was just gonna stop you there I think something else that's really cool just thinking that God used Pharaoh's daughter you know she's not part of Israel and just that God is showing compassion on his chosen people just using unlikely people that that this you know rich powerful female would you know would would have mercy is definitely just showing God's mercy. Right. Pharaoh is doing this uh, terrible, evil decree, and yet his daughter is showing compassion. Yeah, his own family <laughs> is showing compassion. Yeah. It's just a beautiful moment where just God, uh, you see God's promise, you know, coming out in his faithfulness. And that's the beauty of reading these texts and these unsung women uh, who are mentioned briefly in, in the text, and yet they have such an incredible impact uh, on uh, 
our faith life. And just to think who she raised up out of the water too, like Moses is eventually going to grow up and then uh, deliver God's people, you know, from the hands of, of Pharaoh and um, from slavery. So it is really cool just to kind of see that in that moment of, of drawing Moses from the, the Nile River. So what was the challenge for you with writing this Wednesday sermon? So because I was dealing with so many different themes, um, this beautiful imagery that's coming out of the text, um, it was difficult to point to, to one. And again, uh, I, I went with the, the overall theme of, of death uh, that's, that's happening with the text. And so uh, even though these other elements are, are beautiful and something to increase our faith, uh, just for this particular text, I wanted to focus on the hope that we have in the resurrection and that even in the midst of death, um, the advent is the one uh, that gives us hope. Uh, the advent of the birth of Christ, the incarnation, but also just the hope that we have that he will come again and death will be no more. Yeah, I can imagine that is tough when you look at a text, especially like like this one, and there's just so many different angles you can take and to have to narrow it down. Um, but I like what you said just about the focus on, on the resurrection, uh, especially during this advent of our, of our Lord. That's um, a great reminder just for all of us. So this wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to this double feature. In case you missed um, either sermon, you'd like to listen to them again. The link to both the sermons will be in the show notes. And you can also find the sermons on our church website, stjohndublin.org. And if you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Becker, for joining me and for leading us through this week. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye.